0: All right, ladies, welcome. <clears throat> it's Shabbat, and I know the time is short, and we don't take it for granted that people even show up to this class because it's such a uh, inconvenient time. Get ready Thursday. Friday morning, you have to get, you have to make food on Thursdays, right? Get ready on Thursday. But uh, I don't know why we chose this time. But many years ago, I said from the Zohar Kadosh that. It's always good to try to find times to learn when nobody's learning. So you get credit for everybody else. The Zohar says try to figure out when there's less Torah being studied. Now, I think Friday morning at 11:30 even the boys who are learning yeshiva all week, okay, even they retired. They're out there doing their uh, sports or exercise. So we could consider ourselves holding up the world at least for this uh, for the few moments that we get together. So it's to your credit. I mean, it's my job, so I have to show up. <laughs> I get paid to show up. You don't get paid to show up. So it's really uh, the beauty of our community, Nashim Tzedkaniyot, the righteous ladies <clears throat> that come to hear the Vre Torah and the Parashat Shavua. My apologies in advance. I'm not going to make it easy for you today. Uh, I know some of you say, oh, he's going to tell us Bible stories. And they'll tell us about uh, Noah and Korah and Balak and all the people, make a, you know, a nice story, put a ribbon on top and go home. I'd love to do that, but this Penashah is complicated. No matter where you put your finger, it's a story and it's a complicated story. Now, I didn't dare to talk about Para Aduma, the red cow, because that already even King Solomon waved the white flag, and he said, I surrender, it's too difficult even for the smartest of all men. So, I bypassed it, thinking that the next episode would be a little easier, but I'm wrong. (laughs) Actually, the next episode is just as complicated. And that's the story when Miriam and nuvia passes away. The Jewish people are in a city called Kadesh, this is the year 40 that they're in the desert. The 40th year they're in the desert. And now, before we're going to go into Israel, Borei Olam is settling accounts. Miriam would not go into Israel. She would pass away right before, at the border. The death of a is tragic. The death of Miriam the prophetess is super tragic because it had a great national consequence, an immediate consequence to the people, and that is there was a well that sprung forth an abundance of water. Don't ask how does a well or a rock produce water, obviously it has to be a miracle. We have a lot of rocks over here in the neighborhood, none of the rocks produce water. But in the merit of the tzaddik at Miriam, there was a rock, it was like a well, and there was a hole in it, and it, tra- it traveled with the Jewish people. And anytime you needed water, you would go to this rock and the well, and it would produce millions and millions of gallons of water for the people, for them, for their animals. I don't have to tell you, the midbar, the desert is a very unhospitable place to live. Even though we had clouds of glory, you have to drink. There's dehydration, you need water to survive. So this well, they call it the well of Miriam. As long as Miriam was alive, the well was producing a very, very strong flow of water. And the people were appreciative. Now I don't know if they knew when she was alive that the well was in her merit. But when she passed away, they figured it out immediately because the well dried up. There was no more water. And then everybody realized, wow, it was this tzaddiket that was generating, in her merit, the waters. So we had a double crisis here. Put aside the fact now we had to mourn the loss of one of the greatest ladies that our religion ever produced. But when everybody came home from the funeral, they didn't even have water to make the tilachadayan. They didn't even have water to throw on their face. And more importantly, they didn't have water to drink. And that's where we begin today's story. The people come to Moshe, I'm reading in chapter 20, if you have a humash in front of you, that'd be a good idea. But Tamot Sham Miriam, Miriam dies. Uh, they never die. She just was transferred to a different world. But the Kabir, she was buried there. And immediately the next Pasuk, mayim na'edah, There was no water for the congregation. So the people congregated to the leaders. And they started to, I guess you'd say, quarrel with Moshe. And they say, We would have been better off to be dead with all those people that died in the previous years in the desert, we would have been better off to be part of that group than to remain alive and die the miserable death of dehydration. <laughs> what did you bring us here for? Lamut? Did you bring us here to kill us? Anahu us and our animals? Why did you take us out of Mitzrayim? Uh, they threw the kitchen sink at Moshe. That is this terrible place. <speaking in Hebrew> Moshe, Aharon, we need water. So what does Moshe and Aaron do? They go to the tent of meeting, or in Mu'ed. They put their head down in prayer. Immediately, the presence of God appears to them. And gives them instructions how to bring the water. Now, to be honest, I don't know if it's such a claim against the people that they're asking for water. I mean, uh, I think we would do the same. If you're a parent and you have children that need water. So They panicked. So they came to Moshe, but maybe the way they came was a little disrespectful, take us back to Egypt, it's your fault. Anyway, Moshe Rabbeinu now, he cannot bring back Miriam. That would be the best solution. Go to the cemetery, bring back Miriam, resurrect her, Well, make believe this never happened. Uh, Sorry, that's not an option. So God comes to Moshe, and here we begin. This is not the hard part. You're gonna know very soon when the hard part hits, you're gonna feel it very, very fast. So God says, Take the stick or the staff. It's a fancy way of saying stick. Gather the people. Take your brother with you. And speak to the speak to the rock. Which I do that every day. And some of the students are like rocks. I speak to rocks. I speak to rocks every day. Sometimes, <clears throat> so I know the feeling. Anyway, not the way anyway over here, Baruch Vidbatemala speak to the rock in in front of everybody, Memad, and it will give its water. And you will draw water from the rock, the and you will give water to the people to drink, the et and their animals. I mean this sounds like the easiest Pasuk in the Torah. Take the stick, talk to the rock, bring forth water, give them to drink. Yeah, this is out of it. This might be the most difficult pasuk in the Parashah, maybe the most difficult pasuk in the whole Torah. I'll tell you my questions that I have. I hope you'll appreciate them. I'm not going to ask you all of them. Because I know you came for answers, not questions. But I have to tell you the things that bother me in the pasuk. everybody knows what was the sin that Moshe Rabbeinu did in this perasha he hit the rock that's what they told us in second grade I still remember the face of the teacher that told me that she said very confidently he hit the rock he shouldn't hit the rock because God says God says to speak I want to ask a simple question If God told Moshe Rabbeinu to speak to the rock, then why does he tell him to take the stick? I mean, if the biggest crime is to hit the rock, so then God should say, Moshe, leave your stick at home. Just bring your mouth and talk to the rock. If the stick is not for hitting purposes, why does God tell him? to bring the stick. Obviously it's needed for something. It's not a magic wand. To me, there's a very strong question. It's almost as if God is saying, take the stick, but don't use it. So, so, so I have a better thing, don't take the stick. For what purpose Furthermore, gather all the people. How many people are we talking about, by the way? Just to get a rough number, I'm not asking for exact numbers. No, 600,000 is only men between 20 and 60. If you're gathering all the people, it's 3 million people. And I'm asking a simple question. The people need water. They don't need to see it, they don't need to be there, they don't need to watch how you turn on the faucet. When the plumber comes to the house, do you call the whole family? The plumber's coming, come, call the whole community because the plumber's going to turn on the water? He's under the sink. Everybody's sitting there. Oh, just fix the, fix the water, we go home. No, but over here, Moshe Rabbeinu who's told by God, for this, three million people have to be there. I, I, I don't know another event. Actually, I do. But not too many moments in history where it had to be done in front of the entire congregation. This tells me that this was more, of, more than water. It has to be more than water. Understand my point? There has to be something we're missing over here. Why do three million people need to see waterworks? <clears throat> now what I'm gonna do now to you is nuance. It's very sensitive. Some of you, I hope, will appreciate what I'm going to say now. Ladies, most of you went to yeshiva. If you didn't by now, with all the classes that you went to, it's like you went to yeshiva. That's for sure. What does it mean, venatan memav? And it will give its water. What does that mean, its water? It seems the rock has water. I don't know, maybe, I don't, I'm not a biologist. Maybe there's water in the rock. Maybe there's moisture. But it's saying, the rock will give its water. V'natan memav. Next line. V'hotzita lahem mayim. And you will draw out water. You just said, v'natan memav. Is there a difference between v'natan memav and then the lahem mayim memav it's water, and then mayim water. Am I being clear? I'll say the question one more time. Not for you, for those that are listening on the recording that uh, driving. The lahem mayim. First, Binatan memav talk to the talk to the rock, and it will give its water. It's not going to give it by itself. And then it says, And you will draw, not its water, but water, Mayim. and then, now, what's going to happen when all the water comes out? Moshe should blow the whistle, and say, "Okay, Free water, <laughs> Come on, everybody go drink. But it doesn't say that. Veshkita et you will give them to drink. You will give them to drink? What is over? Lemonade stand? Moshe Rabbeinu is opening up. Now he has to stand over there with the, with, the, with the water stand. Okay, open your mouth, say, ah. No, Moshe Rabbeinu is not giving water to drink. Moshe Rabbeinu is to get the water to come out. I think these people are well capable to drink on their own. Not babies, give them a bottle of water and then he has to burp them also. So what does it mean over when it says, And you will give them to drink and their animals. One more nuance, if I may. Water for the people and for the animals. The Torah over here separates it. I'm glad it separates it. I don't want to be in the same sentence with the animals. So the Pasuk says, you will give water et ve'et be'iram and their animals. Proper. Don't shut it, don't shut it, it's good. It's good, background music. It doesn't bother me. Look at the next Pasuk. He listens, he takes the stick. Like Hashem said, so far, so good. He listened, three million people. They blew the trumpets. Everybody has a meeting. Where are we meeting? Meet by the rock. What are we meeting for? Just give us water. Hashem said, we all have to be here for this event. Okay. Shalom turns to the people. Shem'unah morim. Not hamurim. We had teachers in Macadamia who used to call us that, but that's for a different day. Hamurim with a hair. Shim'ona hamurim. Some learn it. You rebels. Shalabino gives them a little musab. Listen here, you rebels. Uh, Moshe Ibn Uddin could get away with it. If I would stand over here in Lawrence Avenue and bang on the pulpit and say, Listen over here, you bunch of rebels. <laughs> they would rebel against the rabbi, and they would, you know, where I would be. But in the olden days, rabbis could tell the people rebels. But as she comes along and makes a little derash on the word hamoreh, You know what a more is? A more is a teacher. So he was saying to them, You people think you're going to teach your teachers. That's your problem. You think your teachers. Shimunam Mureen. If I felt you were a student, uh, maybe, but uh, that's that's your crime. You think that you're teaching us, you're not a teacher. Shimunam Mureen, those that think that are teachers. Now what's the big I mean what's the big crime in being a teacher? Besides that you don't get paid, but what's what's the crime of being a teacher? But that's what he calls them. You know, when you want to call somebody your name, yeah, you're a teacher, you're a no, Don't call me that. lifts his hand. And he ends up hitting the rock, not once, but he hits the rock twice. Wow. <laughs> From not being told to hit the rock even once, he ends up doing it twice. Now, if you're writing a summons now, that okay, hit it once. Once is enough. He doubled it twice. You hit it. And the pasuk says, "Vatash and he gave to drink the people and the animals. Here, it puts the people and the animals together. It says, "Ha'eda ubiram." not et ha'ida ve'et be'inam. He gave them all to drink, men, ladies, children, and animals. So you see, we have our work cut out for us. How are we going to answer this? What you're going to hear today is, it's based on Kabbalistic ideas, but I'm not qualified really to communicate it, I don't know if I understand them fully myself, to be honest with you, let alone to explain it to somebody else. But I prayed to God before the class that I should be able to express what's in my mind, that at least you'll understand a little what I'm trying to say. It's based on these papers that I have over here. Uh, Look at this, this is the theory. This is the theory, Torah theory. It's written by a rabbi called Nahalat David. Rabbi David Tabel, Tet Ayin Bet Lamid, and he was from the students of Rav Chaim Velazhin. from the students of the Gaon of Vilna. That, that great line. He was a Gaon. He wrote books. So he has an essay in his book Nahalat David. It's the fourth essay, and the title of it is Biur Parashat Me Miriva real explanation of the sin of Moshe and the Rock now it can't be that easy if it took him 15 pages to explain what took place and we only have a few minutes so I cannot give you the whole thesis if you want to look at it you could print it and read it over Shabbat, good luck I poured over it the whole week trying to take out the essence of it So this is what he says. You just need a few introductions. Introduction number one. Do you know that we have two distinct types of Torah? There's two Torot. What do I mean to say? We have what's called Torah Shebiktav. That's the written law. That's the Sefer Torah that we have in the Hechal that we take out on Shabbat. That's the that's the book that you throw kisses from from the ladies section when they bring it out. The Sefer Torah. That's Torah SheMichtav. Why is it called Torah SheMichtav? Because it's written. And then you have another Torah which is just as important. Torah SheBalpeh. What is Torah SheBalpeh? It's not written. I mean, today it is, but initially it was given orally. And what is the purpose of Torah al It's the definition of Torah Shem I mean, Torah Shem is great, but it's shorthand, it's missing details. So it's, listen, it's very important, it's the starting point, everything starts with a Pasu. Everything starts with Torah Shem Our first initial, uh, um, Attraction to Torah, our initial meeting, when we come to sit and learn, is what's the Pasuk say? You have to start with the text, like we do in our classes, we start with the text. But as you'll see, the text is missing a lot of explanation explanation and flavor and understanding. So where do you go for that? So you have to go to the Torah Sheva al and it's the oral tradition that fills in the blanks. When it says this, it means this. And When it says, that, "Oh, now between the Torah Shemichtav and Torah Shemalpeh," I have a, a full story. So, therefore, whenever we come to the a class, the rabbi should always have two books on the table. He has to have Torah and this is Torah Shemalpeh. You have to have both. If ever you should find yourself in a class and the rabbi says, "Today we're only learning Torah Shemichtav," run for your lives. Run for your life. This is distortion. This is distortion. What's the explanation? I'm going to give my own explanations. This is not making a pizza over here. You're learning Torah. You want to make recipes? You can do it out in the kitchen. Make your own recipes. But you cannot come now to the Torah Shem and start to freelance and start to make up your own new, uh, you know, your own song, your own music. We're bound to the translations of Torah Shem I'll give you a simple example. I know you noticed know already, but I cannot repeat this over so many times because it's so important. I cannot say it enough. Torah says the men must wear tefillin. It doesn't even say the word tefillin, by the way, in the Torah. It says the men should put totafot. Totafot? I don't speak African. What, 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 what do you mean? Oh, so you look at the English, because the English is going to tell you what it is. You ready for the English? Phylacthenes. Now you know what it is? I was better off with the African. I was better off with the vote. Meaning, the English needs the English perush. Tell, tell your son, don't forget to put on your phylacthenes. I, I, I don't speak Chinese. What about so No, no, no. Tefillin. Okay, good. What's Tefillin? No idea, Torah does not give me any more details besides that word. tafot. it says put one on your arm, put one on your head. What color should the boxes be? Doesn't say. What shape should the boxes be? Doesn't say. What should I put in the boxes? Or do I have to put anything in the boxes? Doesn't say. Where should I put it? It says it, but it doesn't mean it. I mean, so a lot is missing from this text. So the rabbis come along and says, "We're going to give you a secret. Come here, Psh, whisper in our ear. When it says tefillin, it's a black box. Ah, black box. If I want to make it uh, seasonal for the summer. I want to do blue, light blue. You know, no, I can't change. it. It's not a dress. It's black, one color. What's the shape? Square. What parashiyot? Four parashiyot. Put them in this order. Place it in this spot. Place it." We have a whole gemalat this big with the details that the Torah only said in two or three words. Now imagine if we didn't have Torah Al Peh, you couldn't make a ba mitzvah. You'd have the egg station, not, you could do it on your own, but you wouldn't have the tefillin because you wouldn't know what it is. You don't need the Torah to tell you how to make eggs. You, even that you probably do. But you need the Torah to tell you, what. and that's one of 613 mitzvot. Every mitzvah has details that are in Torah Al Peh. Are we good on this now? If I came just to tell you that today, I'm very satisfied. We say nothing else. But we still have some more time, so I have to continue. I'm trying to make this as easy as possible. You know what a synonym is? A synonym is two words that can mean the same thing. That's what they taught us. In, in Torah lingo, in Torah language, there's certain words that are coded. That when you hear the word, it, it means what it means, but it also has a, a deeper meaning. So I'm going to teach you the code words now. That means, if you go to people and say, lechem, lehem, what is lehem? Bread. Now go to an amateur and say, paste lechem. he's going to paste you the bread. And then they'll argue if it's somewhat zioh or not. That's a separate discussion. And, that's, and they're right, by the way. Lechem uh, is bread, but if you go to a scholar and you're sitting in the bet midrash and you say uh, pes lechem, the lechem is a buzzword for the written law. Torah shebichtav, he a homash, because the humash is the bread. It's the spiritual bread. That's where it all starts. Just like bread is a staple food. The written law, that's where it starts from. That's the beginning of everything. Therefore, there's physical bread, and then there's the spiritual. So now you're wise. We're in the yeshiva. If I say, ladies, could you do me a favor, and bring me a lechem. I really am saying, bring me a homash. Torah she There That was it. How do we know this? Shalom HaMelech says, Lekhu lachmu Go eat my bread. God's talking. Go eat my bread. I don't know God has a bakery. Oh, his bakery is in the library. God says, Go eat from my bread. What is lachmi? Go pour over the pesukim. Go read the pesukim. Go study. You learn something. Now take a guess. I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to ask you to guess. If lechem is turashib b'khtab, what do you think the synonym for turashib al will be? Very good. Mayim. Don't say donut. Mayim is correct. <laughs> sushi. No, no, sushi. Mayim. Water. You ever hear that they say the turashib compared to water? That's what they're talking about, turashib al That's water. And I'll, I'll explain to you why in a minute. But that's Water. The Pasuk says, If you're thirsty, go to the water. I need a prophet to tell me that when you're thirsty, go get Because I didn't know that. I thought when you're thirsty, you should go sit in the sun. What, what is a prophet coming to tell me? You should know when you're thirsty. is talking about if somebody feels spiritually deprived, if he feels his neshama is parched, go to the Torah Shaba Alpeh, open up the Talmud open up the oral tradition and start learning and it will start to put water on a dry soul and you'll start to feel satiated like drinking a cold glass of water on a hot day. As as you're feeling now, when we learn these ideas, it's pouring cold water on a a pot soul, a soul that's so thirsty for some spiritual benefit. So now ladies, in the middle of the class, if I say, do me a favor, Mayim, so now you have to bring me the Talmud. You have to bring me the Gemara. And somebody who never came to... But the, the Rabbi asked for Mayim. Keep quiet. You weren't here last week. You don't know what the Rabbi is talking about. He told us what Mayim means. Means is. to is... Now I'll explain to you even deeper. Based on Rabbi Nahalad the, the, the David. Nothing is mine. This is the Rabbi's. Just like... Torah Sheba al enhances Torah Sheba B'Khtav. Torah is the essence, but it needs the commentary of Torah Sheba al It enhances it. Of course we know bread. Besides the wheat, what's the main ingredient of bread? Water. water. You can't make bread without water. I mean today they want to make bread without bread. Uh, today there's a like gluten free everything. People went crazy. We all suddenly decided the gluten free. Hashem says, gluten free. As if it became the Allah bread all of a sudden. Neither like, "Oh, there's, there's wheat in it. No, we can't have it. Why can't you have it? Our grandmothers ate wheat, they lived 150 years. No. Now we have to take away the Berachabliz the Lord. Everything became shy. That's a different subject. no item. Where were where were we? oh this subject here so now oh so the bread how is it enhanced with water without the water the bread cannot become bread that's the analogy of Turasheba al pair you need to add it into the into the and now you have a you have a product good now we begin the hard part of the class It's based on teachings of Rav Moshe Chaim It's based on teachings of Rav Chaim Ultimately, from the Kabbalah. How did God create the world? He used the Torah as his blueprint. That means before the world existed, there's a blueprint. Just like before you build a building, there's a blueprint. So when God said, okay, it's time to build the world, He took out the Torah. And the Torah is the blueprint of the creation. Only problem is, if you look at the Torah, you don't see the world. You see laws, you see mitzvot, you see... It's a funny type of blueprint. Imagine if I went to the contractor that's building the shul. I told him I want to give you the blueprint for the new shoe we're building in Brooklyn. So what is it? I give my a here. What is it? Build it. Go build it now. Make sure my office is big. Where's your office on page 53? Well, this is a homage. Okay, that's why a human doesn't know how to build from this. But when God built the world, now this is spiritual. It's spiritual. But God took the spiritual energies of the book, which emanates from heaven, The book is in heaven, with the angels, holy place. And as the word of God, using these letters, these formulations, these compositions, as they come down to earth, they start to take on physical form. And by the time it reaches planet earth, it turns into a world. But if you trace it to its origin the origin of the world will always be traced back to its root, which is what? The Torah. Torah. Now, don't tell me that, oh, but the guys in Harvard don't say it. I'm not interested in what they have to say in Harvard. They're not Jewish. Even if they, but most of them are Jewish. Even the Jewish, especially the Jewish ones don't agree with this. Because they say, what do you mean? We opened up the, uh, we opened up the earth and we don't see uh, Torah in it. We didn't see mitzvot jumping out of it. So, but they do admit that there's something going on because they see protons, neutrons, like there's, something, there's definitely energy that's in everything, that they can see. So that's already the holy energy that God synthesized from Torah and turned it into a world. <inaudible> that means the world is just a manifestation of Torah itself. That, that explains to us a little why we're not allowed to just abuse the world. Why you can't just destroy things for no reason. This is, this is, this is a manifestation of God's handiwork. It has Torah in it. You can't take a homash and start ripping it up. But the, 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 the world also has, in its highest root, is coming from a high place. You understand what we're saying so far? Now watch this. And God wanted to bring down to the earth bread, bread, which we have bread tonight. You'll we'll have bread. You know where if you trace bread lechem, you trace it all the way back. So it's wheat, and from the wheat there was a sprout. Oh, but keep on going, keep on going. No, don't stop at the sprout. Oh, no, go all the way back. You know where you'd end up in heaven. It started off Wheat is Torah Shebiktab Bread is Torah Shebiktab This is how it started off And then it comes down And then all of a sudden It's not that we're just calling Lechem Torah Shebiktab Lechem is Torah Because that's its Origin That's the entity called written law Comes out of And which bread? I'm going to tell you Torah Shebiktab is holy This is a holy book did you ever hear of Holy Bread? You ever hear of the man? Yes. Oh yes. No, you never ate it, but you heard of it. What was the man? You remember Wonder Bread? It's Wonder Bread. That's the, the first Wonder Bread. The man fell from heaven. The beracha that they made on the man was hamotzi lechem. Minashama. Unbelievable. Raining bread. But this wasn't regular bread. This was bread that had no waste. So the lady didn't have to count the calories and they had to count all this nonsense and eat as much as you want, there's no waste, no Everything gets absorbed in your body. It's just like before and after. It's, it's unbelievable type of stuff. It was holy. The man, although it was a physical, but it's a spiritual breath. The man was the example of Torah Shebiktar, the essence. And who brought down the man? Whose merit did the man come down? Moshe. See how great Moshe was? Moshe Rabbeinu was so holy. He was an angel. I have nothing to say. From his body up, he was an angel. From his waist up, he was an angel. It says, Moshe is called... Moshe Elohim. He was part Ish, part Elohim. Part angel. Moshe <laughs> Rabbeinu. So God says, Moshe, you're able to live in heaven for 40 days, 40 nights, no eating, no drinking. Moshe Rabbeinu is so pure. You are going to bring down to the people a type of food that will connect them to Torah Shebiktav. That Torah Shebiktav will be in there. DNA forever. Mashiach says, this is not regular bread you get in the bakery. So he's able to bring down from God's bakery in heaven, man. When the people in the Midbar were eating man, you know what they were eating? Unprocessed Torah Shemikhtav. eating homash. Eating homash, eating I wish I could eat a humash. The humash would be in my stomach. I'd be more religious. You don't have to eat the humash. The man came from that Turash Amiktav. It was, it was uh, uh, which I say, it was synthesized into, into food. Imagine I give you a pill. Eat this pill, you have Turash Amiktav in you. And give it to your kids, they'll be religious, they'll go to class, they won't bother you, they won't go on the computer all night long. I'm going to give that. What's this pill? What is it called? Turash Amiktav pill. But it's not from the pharmacy. Only it's tzaddik like Moshe can. So you understand what the Jewish people were eating in the Midbar? When they were eating the man, they had such a connection to Torah Shebichdav. I can't bring that type of food down, you can't bring it down, and guess what? Nobody can bring it down, Moshe can. You're learning something much different than you always understood. Man was just not food. Spiritual food that brought the people to a connection and a bond to Torah SheBichtav. What's the ingredients of the man? If I had to say it differently, Parashat Bereshit, Parashat Noah, Parashat Lech Lecha, put a little Shemot, I don't know, you concocted. But they can't eat Parashat bereshit. Okay, so you have to make it into a physical or whatever, but it's not really physical. It's so all the Parashiyot are in there. And they eat it. So they're having an attraction and a closeness to Turasha B'Khtav. That's the man. I mean, you're right, we need it. If we can give the kids in the yeshiva today, man, <laughs> we'd solve all the problems. Instead, they have to eat school lunches, which is a... Uh, poor souls. Now, watch this. But where are they going to get the connection to Torah Shaba Al-Pe? That's the problem. Where's Torah Shaba Al-Pe going to come from? (laughs) From the water. Problem is, the water does not come down in the merit of Moshe, it came down in the merit of Miriam. And bless Miriam, tadiket. But she's not Moshe. Miriam is not the angel that Moshe is. So when she brings down water, what type of water does she bring down? H2O. Water. Water that we know. Water that we drink here. We need it. Water that we need to drink to the animals. But it's nothing more than water. Natural Fresh, delicious, water. That's why probably when we got to Torah, if you remember, remember it says, God came with the mountain, he put it over our heads, if you accept this Torah, good. if not, I'll throw this mountain on your head. And all the rabbis ask, I thought we said, didn't we say we're in? So what's with the mountain? Why does God have to put a gun to our head, when we said, we're in, you know what Tosafur answers? We said, when it comes to Torah Shubi we're in. Torah Shubi Alper, eh, yeah, I don't know, a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of interpretation over there. A lot of commentary. We weren't so eager. And you know why? Because until that point, we didn't have yet that connection to Torah al Alper like we did to Torah Shubi we were eating Tura Shabiqta, but we were drinking water. <laughs> Until Miriam dies. When Miriam dies, you know what God's going to tell Moshe now? Moshe, now what you did with the man, because only you know how to do it. What you did with Torah Shebikhtav, that you were able to bring down that synthesis of Torah Shebikhtav in the form of man, now you're gonna bring down to the people, Torah Sheb'alpeh, in the form of not regular water, smart water. That's a smart water. Smart water, this Torah, water—it's not the regular water that but they need to drink. We'll give them water to drink also, but there's a different type of water that only Moshe can bring now, because he's Moshe, and therefore, if they can get this water and they can imbibe it, drink it, they will have the same connection to Torah shebe'alpe, like they have to Torah shebechtab. And therefore, bringing the water forth, this is a moment of matan Torah. This is not plumbing. And therefore, what does God tell Moshe? Gather the entire people to this event. Gather the entire people, because just like at Har Sinai, when three million people said Naaseh Vinishman accepted the Torah jubikdad. now we're going to gather them again. Do you understand that this is another Matan Torah taking place in Al parasha? Who would believe it? You're going to leave this class in a couple of minutes. No, I won't hold you. I have to go also. And they said, what did the rabbi talk about? Matan Torah. Matan Torah. I know I had a wedding this week, but Matan Torah. Doesn't he know you're in parashat Rukat? You have to come to the class. Where did he find Matan Torah in the Parashah, The rock. The rock. What is he drinking? What, is it, what is it saying he does it say in this? I got to open up the Halal David. So the three million people were standing there. And Moshe Rabbeinu at that moment was supposed to bring special waters. Waters that don't emanate from earth, but waters that emanate from above. Now let's start reading the Pesukim and see what happened. We start again. Take the stick. You remember I asked you why take the stick? Because Moshe Rabbeinu over here is going to have to bring down two types of water. First, they need H2O, because Miriam's water needs to be replaced. So the physical, regular, Poland Spring, whatever you call it, the Midbar Springs, that you gotta bring down, that they have to drink. So for that, you use the stick, no problem. We need the stick for the regular stuff. But then to bring down the spiritual, you gotta talk to the rock. <laughs> now, again, I never talked to a rock, besides what I told you in the beginning of the class. What do you tell the rock? What do you tell the rock? Well, please, pretty please, could you give us some water, please? My name is Moshe, and Nice to meet you. What, what, what do you tell the rock? I never spoke to the rock. I didn't talk to the rock. So you know what the Gemara says, or the Midrash says? When you get to the rock, Shane alav perik. Read a chapter, and say a halakha. Perik and halakha. Not bring water. Read Mishnah. Me Emma Tai, Korin, Etchema, the Arabin, Misha'ash, Akwanim, Niknasim, Nechob, Betrimah. Read Mishna Yot, Perik, Perik Mishnah, and Halakah. Which section of Torah does that come from? Torashib alpeh. Go to the Rag Medibaddin and speak Torashib alpeh. Speak, you must speak, because Moshe Rabbehru, through your speech, you will turn that water into Torashib alpeh. Just like you did to the man. So there's two different waters that are being brought down at this point. There's the regular waters that Miriam already brought. You need those. But then we need the special waters that only Moshe can bring down. I read, the <laughs> mean, You need to take the stick to hit, that'll bring back the old water. But to bring back the new water, the water that they never had before, they're gonna have to speak. It's two different waters. And they're gonna have to speak what? Torah Sheba'al read Mishnah. Now watch this. V'natan Memav, it will give its water. The water that was there already from the times of Miriam, but you'll also draw from it new waters. Memav is the waters that were there already, that stopped when Miriam died, but then you, Moshe, you must draw from them new waters. Vishkita, and you will give them to drink. Who? Why is it separated? You will give the people the smart water and give the animals the regular water. That's why the Torah separates it. You're not going to waste smart water on the animals. They don't have to have Torah Shema'at pay They're animals. I mean, today, probably equal rights. You've got to give everybody everything. But in the olden days, when animals were animals, they get the regular water. Today, they have a lawsuit. How can you give them the regular water? They want to have also smart water. But that's a different subject. You understand what we're saying over here, how elegant this is. I'm not asking you to fall out of your chairs, ladies. But when I read this essay, I was, I was marveled by look, 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 look at the text over here. So where it go wrong? The instructions are very clear. So. So it comes out. There's no sin in hitting the rock. He had to hit the rock because that's how you get its natural waters out of the... You got to go through a physical action to bring the water back out. But he hit twice. Why did he hit twice? This is where it gets a little... Listen, far be it from us to try to explain the sin of Moshe. I'm not qualified to explain his sin. (laughs) Nor do I want to. He did something wrong over here. We're not qualified to explain it. And please take whatever I'm saying with a grain of salt because we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of the day. For whatever reason, Moshe felt that the people are not on the level yet to receive Torah Sheba'al Peh like they received Torah Sheba'al Peh. They're not holding there yet. They're not on the level. To receive Torah Sheba'al Peh, Torah Sheba'al you don't need a rabbi. Here's the book, Torah Sheba'al sorry, Torah Sheba'al Peh, here's the book, go read it. Torah Sheba'al Peh, you need a teacher, and you must be a student. Moshe Rabbeinu felt you are not students. You think that you are teachers. Shemunah hamorim, and that's the problem. If you still think that you are More, rare, how are you going to listen to the to the Rebbe when he teaches the Torah? I'll teach the Rebbe. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu when he said Shemunah Mureem. For whatever reason he felt, it's not the time. Now you know what this, he writes? If Moshe Rabinu would have brought down the Torah Shema al through that water, and they would have drank in the water, the tikkun would have been made of Torah Shema Al-Beh, Mashiach would have came, he went there. and everybody would have happily ever after. So he hits the rock twice, and what does it say? Why twice? Because when he hit it first, it says, it started to trickle. Trickle? So he hit it again, so more water was come out. But which waters was he bringing out? Waters that come from a stick. That's natural waters. That's why the pasuk says, They gave the same waters to the people and the animals, not separate. Because this was fit for both. It was the same waters. not Et Because the spiritual waters did not come down. You believe what we're saying over here? How elegant is this Dirash over here of this rabbi? How he brings us to new understandings. So when Bashir got to the rock, he opened up the Mishnah. But then he sensed something. He sensed something. I cannot tell you what he sensed. And he sensed that they're not ready for this. And therefore the dhikuna was not made. I have good news for our members. Bloodah Haimah Kadosh writes, Moshe is the Mashiach. Okay, I accept. I don't have a problem with that. I'm very happy. So he says, Why didn't he come yet? He says, Because Moshe does not want to redeem a nation of Batlanim, a nation of Idlers, people that are not learning. And it seems that the tikkun of Torah Shiba Al-Peh was not made. Torah Shiba the Bible? Yes. Until our generation. You see what's going on in our generation? It never happened since the time of Matan Torah. There's no generation since the giving of the Torah that has such an attraction to Torah Shiba al do you know how many hundreds of thousands of Jews around the world are studying on a daily basis? Torah Shema al This never happened. Torah Shema Al-Pe was usually in the yeshivas, the geniuses, the people who know how to study law, and everybody else, give me a Tehillim book, give me Hoc Israel, give me some, uh, you know, some Seyna Urena for the ladies, and we'll call it a day. Today? <laughs> Just look what's going on in our great community. Today, every young guy who's worth any, any, anything has a book under his arm. But we need a poo. He has under his arm a Talmud, studying. You see what's going on today? The other day, we made a celebration. We finished one of the most hardest Gemara, you at 121 pages of Torah, and you see regular businessmen, all finishing it, all reading it, all studying this Gemara was not accessible to a businessman 10 years ago. They couldn't even know, they didn't know which way to hold it up, right? But today we have translation of the Talmud in English and Hebrew and Spanish and French. Today you know online what's going on over here. Why is there all of a sudden a renaissance period that we're going to with Rashim alpe Mashas, 100,000 people. We never saw such things. Never happened. Yes, we always were learning, but the numbers, this is something... And when you see it, already start pressing your your dress for Mashiach because that's the final tikkun must come through Teraj Alpeh. Whenever you see a resurgence of Teraj Alpeh, God is starting to send down the smart water. The smart water is coming down. We're drinking now smart water. For whatever reason, that generation wasn't ready. But our generation, which is on a much lower level for sure, why are we the lucky ones to get the water? We're lucky. Hashem decided to Generation that's going to greet Mashiach, they're going to start, so it's raining water from heaven. This is not water from tap. Today, like it says in the Prophet, Hinei amin Ba'im. It says, Behold, days are coming. And we're living through these days. Veshalachti ba'aretz. And I'm going to send a famine in the land. Lo ra'av it's not going to be a famine where there's going to be a shortage of bread. And it's not going to be where there's going to be a shortage or thirst for physical waters. There's going to be a thirst to hear the Word of God through the bread and through the waters, but not the ones you get on the shelf in the supermarket. Through the bread of Torah Shem Biktab and Torah Shem So we're living through this over here. The tikkun that did not happen in Parashat Chukat, I believe it's beginning to unfold. So again, the Pasuk said in the Nevi'im, and I conclude, God says, don't worry. Even if I place them amongst the Goyim, I will bring them out. The word Yitenu means to place them. But the word yitinu also comes from the word Matnitin. Matnitin is the Aramaic for Mishnah. Yitinu is to learn. Gamim Yitinu When the Jews start to learn Turashab to Alpeh in the exile, him. From there I will gather. And therefore, this is a very, very good sign. When you see, take our community, you don't have to go to the whole world. When you see this renaissance and resurgence, we must embrace it. We must Promote our children and our husbands and our family to study Torah Shema so they can be part of this process that's taking place. This is not a coincidence that all of a sudden it became vogue. All of a sudden it became in. in st- these things are, the, are orchestrated from heaven in the right time when God reveals the secrets of these waters so we can start to enjoy. But so I never drink what you have to drink. it. It's spiritual. This is a water that comes into you in the from the pipes from a different place. And it is our prayer that Ba'azat Hashem in the zikhot of and mine. These two items. But the Olam will ultimately bring us to the spiritual redemption of Mashiach. When we see Moshe Rabbeinu, again, the three million people will come. And at that moment, they're going to say to Moshe, not only on Torah Shebikhtav, but on Torah Sheb'alpeh as well.